What's going on, everybody? Here we are for another episode of Cast Talk Wednesday. TNTB and Andy Hardy. What's up, man? I'm on the road again, traveling. I'm a mover and a shaker, but <laughs> you got to make it do what it do, baby. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, be safe and definitely appreciate you still hopping in as you're in route to knock out another episode of the show, man. Absolutely. You know, Wednesday, the time we, it's what we do, baby. That's it. That's it. Oh. Um, and man, we got tons of talk about, but we gotta start with your just kind of semi-viral tweet, which would be an uber-viral tweet for anybody else, except for you who went nuclear viral a few months ago. So when you do this one, it is just kind of a eh, viral compared to the uber-viral <laughs> you already had. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Muhammad Ali tweet. I just quote tweeted somebody. Uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, we know he was a great boxer, but he had a big mouth, right? And it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And my point was, he didn't become until he got old. You know, until the Parkinson set in and he wasn't quite as brash and he wasn't quite as bold. Then you know, he, he became more universally beloved. And I, and I think that point is true. Uh, because Professor Lou Moore, who I follow on Twitter, who we need to have on here, uh, he's got a podcast and we've had Derek White on, who teaches at UK, that was talking about the Adolph Rupp, Rupp Arena situation uh, last year. We've had him on. They do a podcast together. But he is a historian and he was pointing out how it wasn't just mainstream folks. Martin Luther King Jr. told Muhammad Ali, basically, shut up and dribble. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Muhammad Ali, hey, 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 what are you doing? So it wasn't just, as we like to say, the white folks that said shut up. It was everybody that didn't like <laughs> Muhammad Ali until he got older. And so uh, that's a true statement. Uh, you know, when things get that kind of traction, you know, people are like, well, actually, well, no, no. I mean, I had this conversation with my father who would tell you that Muhammad Ali was the second most famous alumni of Louisville Central High School after him. Uh, <laughs> that, would, that would basically, you know, explain what Cassius Clay slash Muhammad Ali meant to the world at large and to the city of Louisville. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that one... Uh, is like you know, 44,000 likes or whatever it is. Uh, but it was just a random, you know, the thing is, it's always just the random tweets. You know, we we're talking about this with JD, you know, that Anthony Davis tweet I had is 30 something thousand, just random things. And I'm like, oh, you know, but the, the carefully crafted tweets are the ones that don't, that don't register. But, uh, but that was a good one. But like you said, we've got a lot of stuff to, to absolutely talk about. Yeah, for sure. And I have to I have to backtrack again. But first of all, everybody just know we're brought to you by the Anchor app and BS3 Radio and lots of rain watches where you can go to the website and pick yourself out a watch. Use the code Cats Talk and get 10% off a purchase. Appreciate all of them hopping in and contributing to the podcast. 
And you can also click support. Go to anchor.com, you know, and pull up Cats Talk Wednesday and you can click support. We had somebody support the podcast where you can just donate a little bit if you choose to help keep the podcast going. And we had a lady do that the other day. So appreciate that as well. Oh, I failed to mention last week. I texted you, we forgot to mention it last week. The uh, BS3 radio with Ben Sutter, who we had on the show, big Cowboys fan. He's down there in Texas. Um, has a lot of podcasts that he does, and, and he has a lot of podcast umbrellas under the network that he helps to get exposure to. He had an award show last Monday for all the different podcasts and various different hosts. And a lot of us were able to get on the Zoom. And I know you saw Ben on Facebook. He had the white tux, and he was, he was styled out. So some people dressed up and I threw on a suit. And it was fun just meeting some of the other hosts and talking with them. Long story short, we got nominated for three awards. Cast Talk Wednesday did. Uh, got nominated for let's see, Best Sports Opinions, um, Best Guest, and the Most Consistent Podcast. We got nominated for three, and we took home a VS3 award for the Most Consistent Podcast because we've been doing it. I think we only missed one episode in the past year or so. Uh, so that was cool and that was that was with my father so in yeah. June when my dad passed away so cool to be uh, nominated I didn't know when that was going to happen and even cooler to win an award so uh, we, we, we brought home one for what we do each and every Wednesday uh, and that was, it was really neat so just want to thank Ben for having us and appreciate the recognition we got Absolutely. You know, I've had conversations with a lot of folks, you know, uh, starting their own podcast, doing their own thing. And the one thing I always tell folks is you got to be consistent, right? That's That's got to be kind of your number one thing. Uh, even if you start out and it's, the sound's not great, you know, <laughs> or, or what have you, you got to be consistent uh, because we've got long-time listeners, long-time folks that have interacted with us and folks just know, hey, Wednesday, you know, Cats Talk Wednesday drops. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you know, I know that you have and I have. My week revolves around Wednesday. You know, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, there's a time when something comes up, but I don't go out of my way to schedule stuff on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, because we've been doing this for eight years. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a long time, man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jim Brown only played nine years in the NFL, so we we must be doing something right. That's but, it. But that was that was great. I was glad we were able to get that recognition because you know we do put hard work in, and and, I, and again everything goes to the folks that listen and interact with the show. So yeah, really great. Yes, for sure. So he's gonna send out like a little, like a little trophy. So I'll, I'll post that. You know when we get that as well. So a little trophies on the way for our most consistent award, BS3 award that we got. Um, we finally got some football. Everybody's waiting all summer. And you, you face the team you're supposed to beat, and they beat them like you're supposed to beat them. And it was a balanced offense. All we heard is balance, balance, balance. 34 passes, 33 runs. You don't get much more balanced than that. Yeah, shots down the field, receivers yeah. catching the ball. I mean, you name it, it was it was happening Saturday. 
you know, and this is what we wanted to see, right? We we needed uh, these are the games that are supposed to be comfortable. Uh, the this 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 is what we wanted to see. Uh, so I you you got to feel good, you know. This is what we missed out on last year, where you you shake a little bit of the cobwebs, and we had a little bit of issue early, but you get back on track. It's 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 a live game. It's a great home atmosphere, and and uh, if you're a Kentucky fan, which we are, you got to be pleased. You know there are things they can improve on, but uh, as the saying goes, nothing breeds success like success. So you got to have a little bit of success to get a lot of success, and uh, you know, and that I get, I give everything an A. You know, uh, we we had our spaces last night, and we talked about uh, the game, obviously. And my thing is, you got to live in the now. And what I mean by that is, look, Eddie Grant is gone. Yeah. Right, he's no longer the offensive coordinator. So we got to just say, here are the people we have now. This is what we're doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, my point to that is, you know, Eddie Grant was the offensive coordinator when we beat Florida three years ago, right? Yeah. You know, we've had all this success with him as the OC, right? <laughs> So we can get hypothetical. Well, we could have done X, Y, and Z. I don't know about that. I just know what happened, right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 thank him for his service and you move on. There's no reason to keep looking backward, right? In in my mind, right now we've got one. We've got dudes on the outside with Robinson and Ali. We've got Chris Rodriguez. Uh, we're getting the tight ends involved in the offense, which makes every Kentucky fan happy for some reason. You know, I, I mean, uh, of, of all the plays and all the everything that kind of jumped out, uh, Kentucky fans love throwing to the tight end. And I, I don't know. It's a thing. So whatever. So everybody's happy. It's a good win. Uh, you, you can't get nine wins without the first one. So you take this one and you get ready for uh, two. Yeah, yeah. And since, you know, TB, you got Terry Brown, we got Tom Brady, you got was it Thomas Brown, the running back for Georgia, that you always tweet out the picture of his jersey. Yeah, yeah. This past Saturday, the other TB, Terry Bowden, was out there with the shirt and tie. I, I, I just had to, you know, got to give him props for his look. He had, to, he had to think the khakis on, but he had a shirt and tie. And was you know kicking it back kind of Dan Reeves style on the sideline for Louisiana Monroe. So I just thought that was cool from TB Terry Bell. I, I love that style. My game day, I go into the games. I go with the Jim Trestle. I've got my Kentucky sweater vest with my white shirt with my white UK with my white shirt with my Kentucky cufflinks and my blue tie. That's my go-to. That's my go-to. So I, I appreciate that when the coaches are, are looking slick on the sidelines because, you know, with Tom Landry, your guy, yeah. you know, with his suit and the fedora, I like that kind of stuff. And we've gotten away from that because coaches have to wear X, Y, and Z. But uh, that's always good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was saw him the first, first glance at him on the sideline. I thought, okay, go ahead, Terry. And just another nod as time flies. It's crazy that Terry Bowden is 65 years old. That is 
I mean, he when he was at Auburn, when he started, he was younger than we are. He was late thirties, so that's yeah, that's wild. Yeah, so, so if you're a Kentucky, Kentucky fan, week one, great, right? You got to feel good going into week two. If you are a Louisville fan, <laughs> um, not great, not great. I mean, uh, on top of all the other stuff that is, is circling Louisville athletics, uh, you got a football program that. What do they do? You're supposed uh, to take your mind off of everything else. You you got a you got a you got a team or you got a coach. Does he want to be there? <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. And just following along. Twitter. I mean, they're, they're just not happy about the product they're seeing. And you know, I saw some folks comparing. Uh, Satterfield to Joker Phillips. But my point with that is we knew Joker wanted to be there. Right? That's Mm -hmm. what made the the Joker Phillips end so sad for Kentucky fans. I mean, he was a Kentucky guy. Yeah. Player, coach. You know, he was a a lifer. Mm -hmm. Serialized, right? It's work. Well... Oh, <clears throat> yeah, we definitely got a there coach. You, there well, you, you don't go. know if he wants to be there. Well, I, I'm just saying, if you got a coach mm-hmm. that you don't know wants to be there, that's an issue. You know, that's definitely an issue. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Is Ole Miss that good? Probably not. Is Louisville that bad? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's you know, they're they're saving graces. They play in the ACC. Which had a rough weekend. Uh, I saw someone, I can't remember who it was, of the top 10 ranked teams right now. Clemson is the only team in the top 10 that doesn't have any more ranked opponent, like top 10 ranked opponents the rest of the year. Mm. And they're so, like thankful for that after what happened with Georgia. Which, I mean, Georgia didn't set the world on fire, but Clemson couldn't block anybody right right so can you hear me yeah yeah you know with 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 the clemson georgia you know with those kind of matchups you don't know right you've got two you know fairly highly touted programs you don't know is georgia that good well neither offense is great right mm-hmm. which it's you know the only touchdown was a pick six yeah so so neither offense is like wow Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, a lot of folks on the on the uh, uh, spaces last night. Oh, well, Georgia looks vulnerable. Hold on, you got to pump your brakes. Georgia still is going to have a huge talent advantage over Kentucky. Right. I shouldn't I shouldn't say huge, but the the advantage is still there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it, as bad as Georgia looked against Clemson, that's Clemson with five stars. Right. The, the game is different. My thing is with Georgia, they always drop a game that's a head scratcher. That's going to be hard for them this year. With this, yeah, we talk about how Kentucky's schedule sets up for Kentucky. Georgia's is, oof. I mean, they can still do it, but 
they're gonna have to work to drop one this year if they're as good as everybody says they are. Right, right, right. So, you know, not to get too ahead of ourselves because you got to take care of Missouri first. Yep. And and that's become a, a pretty big game as we look forward uh, to this weekend. Uh, the the it, this is the one thing that I've just grown tired of through all of Mark Stoops's run. Every game is a deciding game in, for his legacy, right? Every game, and it's just okay, you know. But I think if you beat Missouri, this game is a difference between a good season. And a, and a potentially great season. Yo. You, you beat Missouri. Now you've got some momentum. Carolina. Oh, wow. You assume you can take care of Vandy. You assume you can take <laughs> care of Tennessee. Okay. Now Man, you're in- e- ETSU went to Nashville and, and stomped Vanderbilt. <laughs> Goodness you, Vanderbilt with 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 all of the the moving and the shaking luckiest program ever to still be in this league to, for for Vanderbilt because if it was a situation where where leagues were putting people out I think Vandy would get put out <laughs> If you, I think we all kind of agree that all this conference realignment has to do with football. And are you trying to be good at football? Vandy's not being good at football. Mm-hmm. So of all the Power Five teams, Vandy's got to be the one thankful because the checks still come. You know, that check coming allowed them to pay for that whooping they got Saturday because. They had to had to hand ETSU some change for that beat down. Cause they're just they're right up here in Johnson City, drive right past their stuff all the time. And they went to Nashville and I was looking, you know, the SEC inside. They do the little review of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday leading up to the game. And SEC inside on SEC network. Yesterday was Vanderbilt. I'm like, what are they going to show? What? How are they going to make an episode? I mean, show practice or whatever. But what clip from the game are you going to take? I mean, Vanderbilt did go up three to nothing, and then ETSU ran off twenty three straight. But I, I mean, bless your heart, how you even film that episode of SEC Inside? Which they they assume they had to assume this would be the one chance you get to film a Vanderbilt win for SEC Inside and know that you know yeah ETSU had other plans so yeah so you assume Vanderbilt is a win obviously it's Kentucky football you can't take anything for granted right even Vanderbilt but you know if you start looking positively okay then this Missouri game you gotta have it you absolutely have to have it Mm -hmm. and they they had a little bit of a battle with Central Michigan. They're getting a lot of hype. A lot of people are drinking the Missouri Kool-Aid, and, and we'll we'll see. We shall see. Uh, Primetime, 7.30. Home game. 
they won last year and you know get a little payback and have a chance to start 4-0 if you handle business it's, it's all right there it all sticks up nicely right you gotta, it, 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 Kentucky's got to be ready to play for the jump and I think they will I, I think this this game has kind of been circled uh, for, for folks inside the building uh, got to take care of business uh, you know Missouri is going to be a little bit more stout than Louisiana Monroe yep. but I still feel the Cats can the Cats can get it done yep yep and so you know we we finally get to see the and Van Howes friend of the show we, we, you know Will Levis all the hype eating the banana you know he comes in they, they put him at third string and he Jumps up and before you know it, has already secured the starting job. We, we saw you know one Dale and those guys were wide open, but he still just flicked the ball down the field right to him. Van Howes broke down the the throw, you know, across the field, across the hash and down the field, sixty yards, and. Louisiana Monroe defended it pretty well and most quarterbacks wouldn't take that shot he still dropped it right in there and Van just you know eloquently broke it down for us on Twitter the other day but that's Levis and Cohen are bringing so that's what you know it's, it's not the same just power running game with the big blue wall now you gotta you gotta defend a whole lot more when you pull up Kentucky's film now and if you can go as a quarterback, if you can throw it to all parts of the field, that's a that's a win, right? That's a that's a that's putting pressure on the defense. So if Kentucky can do that and continue to have a balanced rushing attack, watch out. For sure, for sure. Gotta gotta give love to what happened last night. We had. Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame inductees get enshrined in the Galt House right there in your city of Louisville. The inductees were John Asher, media relations expert. Everybody knew him as Mr. Kentucky Derby. Yeah. We had the uh, Dwayne Casey on the 78 championship team, current coach of the Detroit Pistons. <clears throat> Romeo Cornell, who I did not know went to Western, knew him as a longtime coordinator, coach in the NFL, all those titles he got with the Patriots, helping Belichick run that defense. Rachel Commissar's ball, SEC champion swimmer at UK, and then an assistant coach at Louisville, set five U.S. records and more world record in the Olympics. Uh, and earned the gold and the silver medal. <clears throat> Elmore Smith, All-American at Kentucky State, won back-to-back NAIA championships, and still holds the single-game NBA record for block shots, 17 block shots in a game for Elmore Smith of Kentucky State. And lastly, friend of this show, been on with us several times, Keith Madison, former UK baseball coach, uh, who's already a member of the American Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame, went into the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame last night. Congratulations to all of them, especially Coach Madison, who we've chopped it up with several times on this show. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that. I've seen 
clips of interviews and uh, Coach Madison said, you know, this is one of the biggest, you know, as you said, he's been rec- he's been recognized other places. Uh, but I think it's really special to be recognized at home. So to all those folks uh, that, that went in, um, yeah, that's 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 fantastic. And he wore that beard well. I can't grow a beard to save my life. Coach Madison was rocking that beard. He so was. <laughs> Congratulations to all of them. Had to had to mention that. I don't know. It seems like it's that it's that time of year. It's Hall of Fame galore. You know, you got basketball Hall of Fame induction. Cooperstown had the baseball Hall of Fame inductions today, and your boy from Expo, Larry Walker, just went in to that Hall of Fame. So, yeah, Expo Pride with Larry Walker going in and with Derek Jeter. But, uh, you know, you an Expo guy from way back. So Larry Walker going in had to make you crack. Yeah, you know, the Expos, they had talent. You know, uh, I I just, when we start talking about all these kind of sports, what ifs, uh, that that strike in 94 killed the Expos. Mm Mm-hmm. If, if the Expos are able to make a World Series run, which was possible at the time, because nope. this is before the wild card and all that, and they were really ahead in the NL East, yeah. uh, they could have made some noise. And I think at that point, there's enough political capital to get the Expos a new baseball stadium because uh, Olympic Stadium was, was, was garbage. But mm-hmm. if they can get a new stadium, that kind of ties the team there for a little bit. And uh, I, I don't think it's as easy for uh, for the ownership to, to sell the team off. Yeah, because I, I don't think Atlanta was catching them. And I'm a, I'm a Braves fan, but I just don't – I don't think Atlanta was going to run down Montreal that year. Right, right. And it's just one of those kind of weird kind of things that, hey, I mean, they were comfortably ahead. I want to say – Last time I looked at the numbers, you know, even within the division, I mean, they had the Braves number that year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the Mets and everything else. So, you know, for me, uh, that's a big what if, but Larry Walker going in, fantastic. Uh, Derek Jeter, uh, I, you know, I, I follow a lot of baseball people, and a lot of baseball people aren't Derek Jeter fans. And look, Derek Jeter benefited a lot for being a good-looking guy playing for World Series teams in New York, right? Like, I think we kind of, and I say we, baseball world kind of overestimates what Derek Jeter was able to do. But that's just the Yankees, right? Like, the Yankees have all these Hall of Famers because they get overrated. (laughs) Uh, Because if you go to the NFL Hall of Fame, do you know, you know, the teams that have the, the most Hall of Famers? The Cowboys, the Packers, and the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you you win a lot, and, and, you know, my Niners are are, are represented. Uh... Oh, fading out, man. One more. Had to go to the. did you lose me there you are there you are okay but uh so 
I don't get I'm indifferent to Derek Jeter <laughs> to be honest with you but I will say this uh one of the girls read a Derek Jeter biography way back when. And Derek Jeter's biography like your boys. And he had some issues growing up in Michigan being biracial. Mm-hmm. And he recounted a story. Somebody said, you know, well, what are you? And his response is, whatever I am, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, that that's that's the kind of thing I want to put into to my kids. So I, I, I like that. But as far as baseball, eh, you know, I mean, he was good, but okay. You know, he's just, a, you know, to me, he's just a guy, you know, but I'm glad he's in the hall of fame. I mean, you get to 3000 hits, right. you have some of those accolades. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got no, I got no problem with that. The, uh, the plays deep in the hole with those throws. Right. And, uh, the throwing the guy out for Oakland, the, the A's had him that year, and he, you know, he throws out. Well, I think it's one of the Jambi brothers. Yes, he, he made you know kind of like those Heisman moments when you make a, a good play, big time play when everybody's watching. That just kind of stamps it. He had right. some memorable plays in some big games that even you know elevated. You know, he's consistent. You gotta give him that. You can't get three thousand hits without being there. But he had some stuff to happen in in some playoffs that. That elevated him. He, he never did just wow you, but like you know, he's he was a shortstop. That that's prestigious in itself. It's like you know, center field for the Yankees, quarterback for the Cowboys, blah blah blah, point guard for the Lakers. Yeah, uh, that you know he those he had some signature plays in addition to that. So yeah, I mean he's he knew he was going in. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's hate the Yankees, but yeah, I don't, I never, you know, I never liked the Yankees anyway. But gotta. Tip your cap, even you know, it's, he's in there. I'm, I'm feeling the same way. I'm kind of indifferent too, but he's in. I was hyped for like Ken Griffey and you know guys like that, and you know, you know Frank Thomas or Kirby Puckett or you know those players uh, get my attention more than Jeter does. But it's, it's just you know, if you're not a Yankee fan, you just I think that's how I am about all the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're Hall of Famers, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. That's yes, got a begrudging. The basketball Hall of Fame. Go and get all the Hall of Fames out of the way. Bill Russell's going in as a coach. Jay Wright is going in. Villanova's head coach. Uh, Howard Garfinkel is going in. Uh, let's see, Val Ackerman, and let's see here, Chris Bosch, uh, Rick Adelman, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Yolanda Griffith, and we have Bobby Dandridge, Milwaukee Bucks. Legend played with the Big O, won a title. Lauren Jackson from the WNBA, uh, Clarence Jenkins uh, from the player from way back, Tony Kukoc, and we have Pearl Moore, Paul Pierce, your boy, <laughs> Ben Wallace, like <laughs> C Webb. 
And I think that rounds out the class. Um, you're not going to equal Kobe and Tim Duncan, but you know, Paul Pierce, Weber, Ben Wallace, Chris Bosh are your, your more headliners from the NBA, Ku Coach. You know, so uh, you know, it, everybody. You know, you, once you keep in mind, it's the basketball Hall of Fame, but not the NBA Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, Chris Webber is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, his impact, uh, you know, has been undeniable from what he did at Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Which uh, I never could. Yeah. I know they didn't win a championship, but back-to-back title games, pretty good, right? Uh, and the way he played in the NBA, particularly with Rick Adelman uh-huh. in Sacramento, he made Sacramento relevant. Uh-huh. Which, as we see, is not easy to do. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad Chris Webber is getting his due. Uh, Paul Pierce, I mean, you know, here's, here's the thing. I don't know any Paul Pierce fans. Like Paul Pierce is a great, but I've never seen anybody, even Celtics fans, ride or die for that dude. <laughs> and you know, from from getting stabbed, which, if you read about it, was a lot worse than we kind of thought at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And that old issue, uh, and he was very good. Yeah. The, the 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 problem is, he was a second tier guy that yep. really honestly thought he was top tier. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't as good as he thought he was. That's right. And 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 look, but look, everybody that makes the NBA has got to think that they're good, right? Yep. But you have to be careful what you say. Even Jack Haley. Yeah. You know, you know, Jack Sigmund. Everybody <laughs> in the NBA thinks they're good at basketball, right? Yeah. Or <laughs> they could be the best or whatever. Any shades. Right, right. All these guys that are into the even the end of the bench guys because getting to the NBA is a thing. And right, Paul Chris Pierce Dudley. Has, right. <laughs> <laughs> all his all his highlights getting dunked on by Shaq. Shaq but, didn't have to do him like that. And he go he threw the ball at him like like first grade dodgeball after that. <laughs> oh, it didn't even hit Shaq. But <laughs> the thing about Paul Pierce is most people, your first thought about Paul Pierce talking about plays is the wheelchair during the NBA Finals. Yep. That come to find out, he now he said he pooped his pants. Like what? <laughs> you just like, need to stop talking. You still stop talking though. Yeah, look, I mean, look, we, we, you probably have more disdain for Pierce than Jeter, and but look at Jeter's moments on the big stage, and look at Pierce's. Jeter is diving into the bleachers in in Houston in the World Series or whatever year that was, you know, all out diving into the third row to make a catch on a foul ball, throwing out Giambi or whatever at the plate, which if if he'd slid, he probably would have been safe, but that's neither here nor there. Paul Pierce, wheelchair. Look look at the, the big moments on the big stage and what we remember you by. And as much as we hate Jeter, look at his moments compared to Paul Pierce's wheelchair. <laughs> and, and, and look, Paul Pierce had some great, great games for the Celtics. Yeah. He had a, get great games in the 2008 uh, NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. But, 
by the but you know even the Celtics fans would be like that was KG right that was Ray Allen right that was young Rondo right like I, I, I there there are all these other NBA players I can think of a moment a game a series where you know even Dame Lillard who I would say maybe not as good as Paul Pierce but he's had moments Paul George has had moments (laughs) but for Paul Pierce like he's just been really really good and there's nothing wrong with that but that doesn't get you at the big table right and you know uh, I'm no Draymond Green fan but they don't love you like that (laughs) I mean you know that my heart broke for Paul Pierce because Draymond didn't have to do him like that but can you think of any other NBA person on that level that would have just gone along with it do you do you think somebody could have said Kobe they don't love you like that without a reaction uh, you, know, you know Kevin Garnett oh. you not Tim Duncan like Paul oh Pierce, no, you gotta do no, no 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 you gotta do something you gotta do yeah. something Paul Pierce Especially when you think you're better than you are. And then you just, that just stops you dead in your tracks. (laughs) And what has hurt Paul Pierce is all the talking he did at ESPN. Yo. Like, dude, we, we, he never should have gone to ESPN in the first place. Right? He has an axe to grind against LeBron. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's obvious. So as LeBron's doing LeBron things, asking Paul Pierce to talk about LeBron is like bringing Isaiah on to talk about Michael Jordan. Yeah, or asking Desmond Howard to pick against Michigan on game day. Right. It's it's not going to happen. You're putting this dude in an awkward situation (laughs) because if he's honest, it's going to kill him to say something nice. Right. Right. Or he's going to give you reasons why Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. Or, you know, <laughs> or or Isaiah Thomas is going to say something like why Michael Jordan is the fourth best shooting guard of all time, right? <laughs> and so that's what we get. <laughs> you know, like here's my thing. There's a lot of stuff you can debate when it comes to sports. That's why we've got all these debate shows. But some of this stuff is so dumb. I don't know if you saw uh, Rasheed Wallace this week basically said that LeBron James couldn't play in his era. Yeah. And my thing was like, dude, you played at the same time. Uh-huh. And then I went to my Google machine and LeBron in 07, that's when he scored 25 straight points against Rasheed and Ben Wallace and those Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Pistons ain't been the be- the, they've been back since. Yo, that's like his second or third year, right? 07, I was year four. It was okay. year four. Okay. And the the game he gave the 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 the, the Pistons the business. Zerunis Elgaskis was the second leading scorer. Like, come <laughs> on, man. And he shut the door on the Pistons. That's why all these people, you know, when have we seen LeBron's killer instinct? He killed the Pistons. He yeah. broke up Boston's big three. What are you talking about? Like he sent teams searching. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, just be honest. Like, LeBron ain't got to be your GOAT, which I think is a a dumb concept in and of itself. 
But you got to be at least honest, especially when there's evidence, Rasheed Wallace, of him giving you the business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't somebody from the 80s saying LeBron couldn't play. Like, you played at the same time. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Yo, that's... Uh... Yeah, everybody, everybody can pull receipts on that. We all, we all watched it. Right. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's that's why I said, oh, this dude is, this dude is, might be for real. Like he, I mean, because the Pistons were the, mm-hmm. you know, conference finals, so they were still viable, you know, championship level team at this yep. time. That's so, right. Uh, but yeah, Paul Pierce is in again. As a Laker guy, I'm not going to give him any warm and fuzzies, but you know, as as, as far as Boston players, is he top five Celtic of all time? I don't think so. Ooh. Ooh. No. I mean, you if uh, you you got to obviously you got to factor in if you put, uh, you, you know, Bill Russell, Bird, you got to put in there, right? Yeah, and. Bob Cousy was there. I mean, it's a different era, but yeah, he still holds a lot of weight. Have a check, right? Got to be there. That's four already, right? Right, and then you know, Mikhail, Mikhail, Parrish, Dennis Johnson, uh, you know, Dave Cowens, right? So, you, and, and this is no shade to Paul Pierce. It's like uh, when you, you know, as a Lakers fan. You know, give me your all-time Lakers starting five. Well, hell, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a tough job. Like, who do you sit? Like, what's your? You know, when people ask me my top five Lakers, I go. Magic, Jerry West, uh, Kobe, uh, uh, Elgin Baylor. Good lord! And then, you know, but like, like we've talked about before, Elgin Baylor is the dude people forget about. Is he like, the small forward? He, he well, I mean, yeah, the small forward. You know, I would just go with if you've got Magic, Kobe, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. Oh boy! I could almost go in at the five. The like, I, like, okay. So like, elite, elite power forward is that maybe the only place the Lakers don't have somebody? Yes, because it's Worthy and and Baylor are right threes technically. Right, right. So so a dominant power forward would be, uh, would be what they've been lacking. Yeah, but. You know, uh, again, that's just for dudes that spent their whole career in the Lakers uniform. Mm-hmm. If you then expand it to dudes that made an impact with the Lakers, I mean, now me personally, I don't count LeBron as being a Laker. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, because people, well, LeBron, I don't count LeBron. Most Laker fans don't. Right. Uh, but, I mean, you got to count Shaq. You gotta count uh, Will. Mm-hmm. You gotta count uh, Kareem. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you know, as, as dudes that have played for the Lakers. So uh, when I say Paul Pierce isn't top five, that's really no shame. That's like, oh my goodness, how deep that team is historically. Yeah. You know, with, with your Rockets, if it gets a little bit easier, what you got Calvin Murphy and, and Akeem, but, but you know, who else do you bring into the mix? Uh, Matt Maloney? <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Smith? Like, you know, Carl Herrera? I don't, you know, I'm just saying, you know, and, and I'm, I, I, I think all-time Rockets, you got to have James Harden? Yep, Lajuan, yeah. Yeah? Harden, Calvin uh, Murphy. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to put Drexler. I'm not putting Drexler. I mean, he was just like, Drexler was kind of like LeBron. He came at the tail end. Thankful he contributed to a title, but he's, you know, he's Portland. He's still, he's still a trailblazer. Right, right, uh, right. Steve Francis, Katino Mosley. Yeah. Right. It gets, you know, yeah. for some franchises, it gets a little, it gets a little, you know, a little gamey. I mean, like I said, you look at the at the jerseys that the Lakers have retired. Mm-hmm. That's 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 woo. I, I put. I've always said you. I put the Lakers. If you go to five to to ten guys, there's no one that can compete with the with the Lakers. All time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Not even Boston, because we. Were yeah. Just- we was already getting the Pierce, and we was kind of like, yeah, okay, well, you know. Right, right. Because if you're if you're going with guys that made their mark in L.A., obviously, you know, Magic, and that's the one thing I like about the NBA debates. Magic seems to be point guard number one. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like nobody says that he's he's not in the goat conversations, which again is dumb. But he's point guard one. And even Steph, with Steph's resume, isn't really coming close to Magic. Like, Magic's position is point guard one. It's secure. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else starts, you know, you know who's your, who's, your, who's your big man? That's a conversation you can have. Who's, you know, power forward? You know, is it Tim Duncan? You know, is it whoever? Uh, you know, your small forward and your shooting guard. You know, you can have these conversations. But point guard everybody's like well magic and then you know Steph probably finished number two but I don't even see Steph as a as a point guard I don't either that's kind of like a, in the classic sense not really and that's where our boy uh, I forget you know how Angelo Carriero likes to argue with us because you know, he's younger than us I tweeted out something um, I, maybe it was who is your all time point starting five or who's your all-time point guard or whatever and maybe magic wasn't you couldn't use magic i forget what it was but i put isaiah thomas and here he come tweeting at me with some staff stuff and it's, i just you know, he didn't see isaiah and then there was a tweet like isaiah was the only person ever to average 21 points 13 assists or something in the history of the league that's that's like classic point guard stuff right there i mean and, and, and the thing about those Pistons teams, and I, I think I talked about this on the spaces, those Pistons teams, we think about, you know, the bad boys and defense and being rough. 
but I don't know if one through five, those Pistons teams, their their basketball IQ as a team was probably some of the highest we've ever seen. Yeah. Because in isolation, Isaiah Thomas, not a physically, I mean, he was six foot tall. How much mm-hmm. could he physically impose you? Joe Dumars was six three. That's yeah. your backcourt. Even in the 80s, that was that was small, right? Uh, then you bring in Vinny Johnson, Mark Aguirre. These dudes, they weren't athletic. You know, and then you got Rick Mahorn and uh, uh, you got uh, Lane Beer. Bale Lane Beer. Couldn't think of his name. Bill Lane Beer. Like, <laughs> none of those guys, you would be like, oh, wow, that's a bad. But they knew how to play basketball. <laughs> James Edwards. <laughs> right. Like, John, you know, like, none of these guys individually would wow you. None of them. And, I think and, it was that that YouTube clip I sent you that you had already watched where everybody was talking about who your toughest matchup was. Yeah. And I think it was Reggie Miller talking about the secret language the Pistons would talk. And, you know, I can't say it on the air. They would make hand signs and gesture each other about, you know, you do this and you do that, and this is this is what's gonna happen. And he was Reggie was kind of talking about how how cerebral they were. And you know, you saw that in the in the 30 for 30 on the Pistons. I mean, Isaiah was a top pick, but who else was a top pick on those teams? <laughs> I mean, Joe, Joe Dumont. Dumont McNeese State. Yeah, you know, Bill Lane Beer. I forget. I don't know where he played. You know, those Pistons teams didn't have any dudes that you would say, okay, all right, I see why they win a championship. And when you look at, uh, I think it was Isaiah Thomas talking about at the 50th reunion or 50th anniversary of the NBA, top 50 players, he was there by himself. Like he had no other top 50 teammates. Mm hmm. And yet, you know, they, they, they won two, went to three straight, gave Jordan all kinds of fits. And I'm saying this as a Lakers fan, those Pistons just stay underrated. Yeah. You know, when we start talking about not just teams that won championships, because a lot of teams kind of win those one-off championships. Like the 2011 Mavericks, nobody's ranking them in the top of all time, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, they won, but whatever or the 2019 Raptors. Yeah, okay, that was weird, right? Everybody just agrees that was weird. Uh, But (laughs) when you look at teams that went back to back, which is hard to do, you've got those Pistons, you've got your Rockets on teams that don't get talked about enough. Yeah, and they gave y'all all all you wanted in 88. Yeah. I mean, it was... (laughs) The Lakers won game seven by two or three points. Yeah. At, on, at the on, form. On a questionable, questionable call, <laughs> uh, you know, that went the Lakers way. I, you know, I admit that, you know, calls happen all the time, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, to, to get that, that, that deep and to play the style they played where they had to get through Boston, they had to get through Philly. Like it wasn't easy. And I know people, well, you know, the this or that. The the Pistons beat Magic's Lakers, Bird Celtics, and Jordan's Bulls, and Dr. J's uh, Sixers. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's a resume. 
Sure is. And, and, you know, a lot of the Jordan fans, well, you know, he didn't. Look, they beat Jordan's butt. I was mm-hmm. here. I saw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure did. sure did. They had that thumb on the Bulls for a while. It took, the Bulls didn't just waltz in there and snatch it from them. The, you no. Know, they, had, they had to get out from under that choke, choke hole the Pistons had them on and finally overtake them. Right, it, you know, and that was the way it, it kind of, you know, as we talk about, talk like old men, it kind of used to be, you know, your team would have to beat its head against the wall a little bit before it had that breakthrough. You know, I remember the Lakers being swept out of the playoffs in 98, I believe, by the, uh, by the Jazz. Yeah. Yep. And this is when the Lakers had in '98 had four All Stars. You got you got Shaq doing Shaq things. Kobe's mm-hmm. coming to his own. You're feeling pretty good, and then you get humbled. You get swept out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's when Kobe was shooting air balls. What? That's his rookie year. He was shooting air balls. Yeah, that was that was that was when he, the spotlight was was on him, and he wasn't ready. Right. And so you figured out, and you come back, and the Pistons did that. So. Uh, but have, have you watched the uh, Netflix documentary on the Malice of the Palace yet? Yeah, yeah, sure uh, have. Untold. I, I, I wish it was twice as long because I, yeah. I still think there are some threads out there that we didn't quite get to, but it was good. It was good for what they for what they did. I'm glad that the players were able to say their piece. Especially Jermaine O'Neal. I'm glad to hear him just kind of get it all off his chest because he's been carrying it for a long time. And as they said, he was the one guy that took the brunt of it that he would get that next page. Yeah. Right? You know, like Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, wins championship with the Lakers. Wins two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stephen felt bad. Jay- he felt terrible. Awful sitting up there in the celebration. I quit on my team. I did this. I was like, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things that puts all this in into a different perspective. And the fans were were not well behaved, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just remember watching it live and uh, I think I talked about this on here before, but my dad had a quadruple bypass that day. So my mom and I had been in the hospital all day. We finally got him to his room. He's in ICU. He's good to go. I get her home. I'm home. I'm just, I'm unwinding, right? Got the game on in the background. I'm not paying any attention because it wasn't much of a game, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 the Pacers were up, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I just remember looking up and be like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. What is going on here? And, you know, the, the fans bear way more responsibility than, than the players did. You know, for all the good things that David Stern did for the league, this was mishandled. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he... He, he mishandled it and allowed the narrative to be about the thug players 
and I just thought that was really unfair to his guys. Yep. You know, and and the thing was, no one, no one was arguing that the players should go punch the fans because they were getting booed. No one was making that argument, right? But the fans crossed the crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And you know the guy they interviewed, the Detroit fan, that he didn't even seem remorseful. They yeah. came out on the court and squared up against Ron Artest. Uh-huh. What are you? What are you doing? Yo. Yeah. And like everybody said since that night, thank God that Jermaine O'Neal slipped. Uh-huh. You know, that guy was trying, the fan was trying to, or Jermaine O'Neal, this, oh, okay, okay. Like, you need to be going to church or wherever you go and being thankful he didn't connect. Yo. You know, th- th- these these dudes are, du- like, and then you just see all the, they gave us all the angles of all the stuff being thrown. You know, somebody threw a chair in the direction yeah. of the Pacers players. Like, mm-hmm. and it unbolted a chair. Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And like Jermaine O'Neal said, you know, he's presenting his case. And the judge said, look, he's got every right to defend himself. At, at some point during the riot, it stopped being about fans, you know, spectators and players. It was just, we need to get the Pacers out of here. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that kind of got overshadowed by the 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 video that we saw at the time of uh, players going in the stand. You know, the Jamal, Jamal Tinsley telling Artest you can take your foul. That's still curious because the that, game that, was the game was out of hand. You know, yeah, and it's it's getting to garbage time. And why you tell that guy that is is odd. You know, well, you know Ron didn't it, have to take his foul, but you know, I mean, you know, he, he told him to take his foul. Okay, I'll take it. And and you cannot condone anything those fans did at all. Right. But if right. If, if Ben Wallace shows me in my face. If I'm not fighting him, I mean, if you go to the scores table, you you don't throw. You absolutely cannot throw anything at him. But if if Ben shoved me in my face, then maybe want to fight. I don't know if I fight over a, a cup. Maybe maybe I do, but I I'm I'm gonna go. Ben's gonna have to whoop me if he's gonna do me like that. Which I fouled him hard. He is got. He's he's entitled to react to that. Ben thought this game is over. You ain't got to be fouling me like that. Y'all don't beat us. It's over. You don't have to take your foul. I take exception to you taking your foul. Okay. Ron took the foul. Ben reacted. Ben's gonna have to whoop me because I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna try to have to. I'm gonna have to try to retaliate when he when he shoved me in my face like that. You know, I, that's just me. I still and look, Ron is going through a lot. We know this. We know it even more now than we did then. But yeah. the fact that he he would just let that go <coughs> is is still. I'm like, how does he not? 
Well, you know, he, I, he got punked. He got straight punked, and we know Terry. You know that Terry. Somebody shove you in your face at Shawnee Park. But you ain't. But, you ain't gonna just take it. Right. Right. No. But I, I see what you're. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. But what Ron was saying is, you know, he said, like he knew that if he started, he wasn't gonna stop. Yeah. Like it was gonna get. You can get to a point where you're like, I need to retaliate. But if I do, where's that going to go? So him removing himself and trying to calm himself, like what his therapist was saying, do, I Uh, thought was a good thing. Yeah. And so he's trying to to zen himself, whatever it is, because, you know, I'm open with my mental uh, health. I've got strategies like that. You, you, you know, he said in the documentary, yo, you count to five before you do anything, before you think anything, whatever. And then you you remove yourself from this situation. Because, you know, I, you know, and I'm not trying to uh, diagnose Ron, you know, he's been very open as well, because you get in a situation, I can't trust myself <laughs> until I count to five. Let me remove myself from this situation. And so I think the, the cup to him was, look, I am trying to de-escalate. Uh-huh. What are you doing? And uh-huh. I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, if depending on your mental state, a cup ain't a cup, right? You yeah, know. He's like, I guess in his mind, he's like, I didn't count to five a minute ago. I ain't gonna count to five again. <laughs> right, right. Like I'm trying to get <laughs> to that place where I can be calm. Yeah. You know, the issue, and there were so many. When I'm watching this documentary, there were so many points where it's just like. Man, this was just a perfect storm. Yeah. The officials have to get Ben Wallace off the court. Right. You got to get him out. Yeah. Like, you you got to, you separate him, you get him off the court, and then you start, then you go to the film and like, you know, who's mm-hmm. the tech on, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get him out. Because. Speaking, speaking of officials, it, it was Tim Donaghy before he became even more famous. He oh, man. That, <laughs> Of all the officials to be there, but he, he made the point where the NBA knows and sports league knows. Look, uh, rivalry games, game like we got to have our best. You can't have a short leash, or you can't have a long leash. Like you've got to be proactive officiating these guys, right? No, because if you remember a few years ago. Well, not even a few years ago, because this is Eric Bledsoe, but the the Louisville Kentucky game got chippy really early. Yeah, because the officials let the dudes talk trash as they were warming up. They were letting the dudes, you know, that stretch out the half court. They let them jaw jack all the time leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to whoever I was sitting next, like, "This is going to be a problem. <laughs> like, you can't have that." Yo. Like, this is no, you, you can't do that. This game, it's emotionally charged. You know, it was Cal's first game. Rick's coming back to rough. I might have been, you know, one of his first games back or whatever it was. Like, this is gonna be a thing. So you have to you have to get in uh early. And you cheap shots go. Like you gotta you yeah. gotta be proactive, you know. Mm-hmm from the the uh, 
Ron Artest push, the Ben uh, Wallace reaction. Those guys got to get off the court now. Mm-hmm. Because all you saw was Ben still being wound up. He's taking yeah. off all his headbands and all mm-hmm. his stuff. The crowd's getting wound up. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta de-escalate this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I officiated for campus recreation, a lot of intramural games. And you got two fraternities that don't like each other. Like you gotta be serious from the jump. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this is not the NBA, but Whatever it is, you got high school rivals, you got whatever it is, like you've got to be ready. So it was a failure on a lot of different places. Yeah, sure uh, were. You know, it was a failure on arena security. <laughs> like you gotta have a plan in place. You know, the police officers like, well, there's 18,000 people. And you know, a couple of us. Yeah, that's bad planning. It sure is. Like you've got to be thinking, hey, this can go sideways. You know, like that's <laughs> gotta be at the thought of your mind. And you know, a lot of the ushers and security folks, God love them. Uh yeah, like if something would happen at Rupp Arena, that council one hundred <laughs> or whatever, like what are they gonna do? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they gonna do if the crowd decides they're doing all that? So there was a lot of failure and a lot of blame to go around, but for it all to become like Jermaine O'Neal. Right. That's true. And I didn't understand until uh, some interviews leading up to it, like he, they were allowed to talk about mm-hmm. it. So um, imagine his frustration, you know, for 10 years. David Stern has and delivered his whatever, right? Mm-hmm. All the talking heads, all the people that that have been wanting to to get a dig in on the NBA, they're getting their digs in, right? Uh, and not being able to say anything. Nope. I, 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 you know, watching that, I didn't even remember that the original cup thrower actually got convicted of something no I didn't either I sure I did you know that was the one I was like because I remember you know as it comes up you're talking about like whatever happened to the dude that threw the cup like oh okay you know because all that stuff got kind of forgotten about because we focused in on the guys going in the stands mm-hmm. so in, it was in, great and Jermaine O'Neal is kind of it's it's like a label. See, some actors and actresses, and we just know them by whatever character they play. Like, like uh, Jimmy Walker doing some kind of medicine commercial now uh, for whatever. It, for, and you're like, oh, they're JJ. If it's Medicare, Medicaid, we still know him as JJ. Good Times was you know forty plus years ago, and, and yeah. he's still he's still saying dynamite on this medicine commercial that he's doing that's airing now Jermaine O'Neal still getting asked about the palace like that was like he you know that's all he's known oh that was the dude in the fight in Detroit he's still you know just like whatever character from whatever movie oh that's that's such and such oh that's you know that's what it's been like for him just a, a barnacle you can't can't shed it yeah, it's been his scarlet letter. Yeah. And, you know, 
I just looking at it all, it was unfair because you know Stephen Jackson continued to play. You know he, I think I get did he win a championship before or after? I can't remember, but uh, he'd already won a championship. His, his reputation wasn't hurt, you know. <laughs> uh, Meta World Pete, like everybody involved, you know Reggie Miller. You know, I know he wasn't playing in that game, but that doesn't hang on Reggie Miller. You know, it doesn't hang on anybody else except Jermaine O'Neal. And he wasn't even the dude that went into the stands. Right. He was on the court fighting his way off the court. Yeah. yeah that crazy. And that's got to be frustrating. So I'm that, that uh, Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest were able to, to, to come together. Because again, it, you forget the Pacers were set to be good. They were very, very good. Yeah, they sure. And that was that was proof right there. Just what was happening in that game is what you file away. Should you meet him later on in the playoffs? Oh, we just you know we stoned y'all, and you know we know we match up well, and and that was. The Pacers trying to come and climb up and knock Detroit off the top of the mountain, like you know the Bulls trying to climb up, beat the Pistons. That was that was a feather in their cap, and it was you know had the roster stayed intact, they would have went back. Well, look what we did to them in Detroit. You know, it regularly don't mean anything, but that you know sometimes it does. You can file that away because both teams are ready to play. The the Palace was hype. And they yeah. went in there without Reggie Miller and and beat him down. So that was that was one. Oh yeah, okay. That's definitely one to to fuel your confidence for later. And like I said, uh, Jermaine O'Neal has talked about you know the stuff that didn't get in. Uh, there, I would have liked to have seen some more talk about Detroit from the Detroit side of things. Like I know it was the Pacer players. But I would have liked to got a little bit. I know Ben Wallace talked, but yeah. you know Rasheed Wallace, Rip Hamilton, you yeah. know because as we talked about, uh, Detroit with Isaiah Thomas didn't have a lot of first round draft picks. They didn't have a lot of top dudes, you know, on that that second Detroit run either. Yeah, you know Ben Wallace had been through some stuff. You know Rasheed Wallace, you know, yeah, he was a highly touted guy, but he. You know, he had gotten a lot of the blame uh, for the jailblazers, mm-hmm. you know, that they hinted at with uh, Jermaine O'Neal. You know, Rasheed Wallace was kind of on that, you know, because that 2000 uh, trailblazer team probably should have beat the Lakers in 2000, right? So oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Detroit had a lot of dudes that didn't have a lot of back down. And uh, the Pacers had didn't. They had a lot of dudes that didn't have a lot of back down either, right? Yeah. So I, I think uh, it would have been good to kind of get that. We didn't get a lot of coaches uh, talking, and I think they interviewed some. But, I, you know, I think had this been a 30 for 30 along the lines of what we mm-hmm. I think that uh, we would have got a little bit more. Right. Uh, because... This was something that could have been three hours. 
right? Mm-hmm. When you look at um, some of the my favorite documentaries, Thirty for Thirty has done the OJ one sets the standard, right? Five parts, five hours. They, you know, it was almost hour two before they even mentioned OJ. Like yeah. they just gave you the the, the background, and, and the same way with like Michael Vick. The you know, first hour was, you know, where because I, I think you need to say it's one thing to say, okay, on November or whatever it was, or Mouse of the Palace. I, I did like how they kind of got how did Jermaine O'Neal get here? How did Ron Artest get to this point? But I think you, you could have brought more people into it uh, because both of those teams, they were the same. Yo. And and that kind of kind of fired up uh, fired up that rivalry if you if you will. But I I liked it. Uh, you know, Steven Jackson, he's not, you know, he was very adamant he's not gonna talk about it uh, anymore. And right. you know, it, 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 you know, I think at some point, uh, as you talk about uh, you know, JJ Walker, Jimmy Walker still being down on my at some point that's got to be old like even if it's your thing at some point you got to be like uh, you know i don't want to do this at some point lou bega doesn't want to sing mambo number five yeah. you know at, 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 at some point uh even if you're known for something good like our man cameron uh at, at some point he's got to be like uh, you know i don't want to talk about the shot again like you just i'm i'm more than that you know three minutes or, or what you know I'm more than that yeah that's true and I, I don't know if you know JJ just need the money and just well I'll, I'll use it when I need it or if he, he's legit still cool with that I don't know but he was he's pretty enthusiastic with that dynamite uh, if the check if the check clears I mean but but you know especially if it's something bad that you didn't even do yeah that you know uh, that's one thing like if you did something like Chris Webber in the timeout, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's talked about it, you know, mm-hmm. and he's reached that point. I don't want to talk about it no more. There's, There's more to me than this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've done, I've done more in my life than, than this, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, for, for me, I just think that, uh, uh, it was, a, it was well done. I'm glad they kind of talked about it. We got a different point of view. And voices that we probably should have heard back in 2004. For sure. For sure. For sure. I saw this with uh, you with your running that you've been doing and, and everybody's seeing how you do every day and seeing how many miles you got. The uh, commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, tweeted out, maybe it was last week, that his, his streak of like 500 days had come to an end. But he's a runner as well. I don't know if you saw that. But he had done 500 days, 502 straight days. Was feeling a little bit under the weather and wasn't able to make it. But So he missed a day or two, and then he started back and has started a new streak. But you as a runner, I saw that. I was like, oh, Commission's running as well. And uh, So he's he's doing his thing out there just like you are, logging those miles. Yeah, you know, running, I never thought I'd be a runner. But uh, I got running shoes. I got running shorts. I've, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm picking up tips and tricks on running. Uh, it, 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 it's great for me just to kind of get out and 
and run. Now, you know, I got a lot of people saying, hey, why don't you uh, do a marathon? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, running, running for at, at the pace I run, that's a three hour exercise. And I don't want to do anything for three hours straight. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't, I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, I run, I ran last year. The farthest I've run has been 10. I did that twice. And I want to say that was two hours and change maybe. Right. And I was like, that's, that's the peak of what I'm going to do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever do 10 at a time again. Because yeah. I did the 10. People were like, well, you can do a half marathon. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, you know, because at that point, you got to stop and you got to eat. You got to, you know, I no, no, no. A, a 5K, 3.1 miles, and I'm good, right? I don't I don't need all the all the extra, all the extra stuff. Exactly. Oh, um, and we got to, got to talk about Bishop Sycamore too, man. Just, just what was what was really going on with that? But the, <laughs> the the thing is with the Bishop Sycamore stuff, it's it's funny because this isn't unusual for high school. IMG is kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's like that. It's like uh, uh, what was the Chappelle show where Paul Mooney, rest in peace, where he said that. Uh, oh, what was the line? Who was he talking about? He said Wayne Brady. He made Wayne Brady look like Malcolm X. What? what? Uh, with Brian Gumble Wayne Brady like Malcolm X, and that's you know Ben Sycamore is I'm messing up my analogies, but Bishop Sycamore makes IMG look like Brian. Gumbel. Yes. Yes, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, it's so strange. High school athletics is so strange. That's the only way this kind of thing would even be possible if high school athletics wasn't already strange. And for ESPN just to be like, yeah, okay, go ahead and play this team. We'll put you on TV. Well, I don't, I don't blame ESPN as much as some people do. I, I think that, uh, you know, the way... Look, ESPN's got so many hours of live TV they're responsible for. They farm this kind of stuff out. So I don't really blame ESPN too much. Yeah. But it was... You know, one of those... Things, as strange as it is, still something like wow you just don't <laughs> this team just fronted its way into being a good team playing a nationally televised game and we're gonna come to Kentucky gonna come and play Johnson Central yeah in in Paintsville <laughs> before all this stuff hit the face just unbelievable unbelievable yeah so in addition to all the football, we had Cal who is talking and liking his team. We don't talk a lot of recruiting, but uh, Shaden Sharp, by all accounts, is like uh, elite scoring wing. 
Got a little Malik Monk to him. He turned down the G League and signed with Kentucky. So we're both kind of waiting to see what it's like when they get here. Um, but just a couple months away from basketball starting. CJ Frederick still hasn't been out there yet. And then Jacob Toppin kind of has a little show. Oh, when it gets close to close to time to, to get it going, it'll be exciting to see that too. It was fun seeing them with the uh, the kickball game the other day uh, outdoors. And then Cal also said that he had COVID over the summer, so he let out a lot of news when he talked to the media yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, you know, we're not recruiting guys, and, and because it goes back to what I was saying earlier, you got to stay in the now, right? And I think that we we love to have the recruits, but people are already looking forward to 2022 and what that class could be. And I'm like, you know, we got we got dudes here right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't even started this season. <laughs> yup. I don't so, see nothing to do it. I, don't, I mean, more power to them all, but. You know, the Justin Rollins and the Chris Fishers and the you know, Travis Graff who's hopping on the faces and Jack Pilgrims is, you know, keeping up with all these kids and knowing what the sophomores are doing and whew, see how they do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, we, you know, you, you want Kentucky to recruit at a high level. Obviously, we all do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, for me, uh, it's it's good. But I'm ready for this season to start. Yo, yo, and we got a some good football to enjoy between now and Big Blue Madness. So, right, and and men's soccer beat Louisville, the yes. 17th ranked soccer team uh, beat Louisville uh, the other day. So. Uh, there's there's a lot to there. You, you got to live in the right now. Volleyball got the banner Friday. They got to you know to to look at that and see that unfurled and kind of cap off what they did last year. Uh, there to hunt it. They got to you know everybody's coming to try to knock them off. Uh-oh. Creighton got them the other day. But I believe that's going to be one of those things that they look back on later, <laughs> and and Coach Skinner is going to use that for sure as they. Yeah. I'm sorry, there's different pieces, and you know you got to get everybody on the same page. And I think that'll be one that'll, if somebody wasn't you know focused, that'll that'll get you focused quick. Absolutely, absolutely. That'll that'll definitely be uh, something that will get you. Get you focused, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, you lose a match, but oh, I was like, oh, they went three. Oh, Creighton went. I was like, oh, oh. So, you know, it's one of those early losses that it's not the end of the world, but it'll be some teaching points devised from that. <laughs> oh, de- yeah, you you absolutely can get some talking points uh, from uh, from a from a game like that. So, definitely. You know, I, I think that the Cats will, will rebound. Uh, again, I'm no expert <laughs> when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to volleyball, but uh, this, 
because you know they're still going to win the SEC. <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, for my money, um, I, I just don't think it's too big a deal. But there's so much stuff to be focused on right now. I, I just think it kind of when, when you speed things along, I, I think it's kind of a I don't know. It just irks me just a tad. Mm-hmm. Just let stuff happen. Um. Your 49ers are in Detroit. Speaking of Detroit, your 49ers are in Detroit Sunday to open the season. Um, they know the quarterback because, you know, it's Jerry Goff now. So y'all faced him twice a year for several years. So you already know him, just a new team and all that. I'll be pulling for y'all in week two because you go to Philadelphia to, to play the Eagles. So I have to be Niners fans for that day. And then your boy Aaron Rodgers comes back home on the 26th to Levi's Stadium. Uh, Sunday night primetime game, looks like. Um, so that's like the first three games for your your Niners out of the gate there. So uh, pretty pretty excited about that, uh, about, the, about the season. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I've I've not watched enough ESPN <laughs> to to kind of say what be, but uh, I'm excited. You know, it's the NFL. I'll probably watch a, a little bit of the games and and get uh, get a little bit uh, into it. And my Cowboys play tomorrow night. They're going to be there when Tampa Bay gets their rings and the banner and all the pomp and circumstance of that. Uh, I am a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm also objective. This is going to be tough. (laughs) There's no lie about it. Tampa Bay brings their whole team back. Cowboys just lost their best offensive lineman due to COVID. Zach Martin is not going to be there. Uh, so that's a, that's a blow against Tampa Bay's defense. But it's going to be fun to watch them anyway. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, like you said, it is time for the NFL and you know, we, we see how the season plays out. Mess with a little fantasy league here and there and all that good stuff. And you know, It all kicks off starting tomorrow uh, moving back to college are we going to see you holding up a sign in Ames Saturday we, we know it's the big Iowa, Iowa State Thighawk series so we're going to see you and you and Kate up in there with all them Iowa State people y'all got signs ready y'all going to make the trip over there uh, you know it's it's a great rivalry uh, I'm getting indoctrinated to the Iowa, Iowa State rivalry a bit it, but it, but it's very polite. It has not reached the nasty levels of uh, Kentucky and Louisville. Ugh. The 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 funniest thing was watching local news. Uh, the sports guy, he's a uh, 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 an Iowa homer. Uh, basically, you know, this is the first matchup where both teams been ranked in the top ten. And he said because Iowa State is rarely ranked. Like that's that's the kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's the 
that's the kind of stuff that I need, you know, <laughs> uh, to to uh, to get me to get me going. Uh, but no, we're not going to Ames. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's you know it's about an hour or so from from Des Moines, but uh, we're we're not going to Ames. Uh, it, it's it, it's big time. As a matter of fact, uh, what they do there's a festival, and I can't remember the name of the festival. There's a city that's between Ames and Iowa City. Ames being Iowa State, Iowa City being uh, I, I can't. <sighs> but anyway, they have like this this festival at this city the week leading up to the rivalry game. Some small town, and they were showing it on TV, and it's this, that, and the other, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, but it's very polite, right? It's not overwhelmingly uh, uh, negative, but I would anticipate this matchup might be a little heated, being the first top 10 matchup between the schools. Uh, Iowa has won five straight. They're looking to make it six. Uh, Iowa took care of Indiana uh, over the weekend. Indian, Indiania. Oh, what, yeah. What, like, oh, anytime you see somebody uh, and the, the jersey is misspelled, that's a woo. Because <laughs> you, you would assume that that's one of those things that people would check. But at any rate. <laughs> well, and Louisville, Louisville went with that tweet. They're the official whatever when they misspelled official a few years ago. So it's. Starting to, you know, it's, it's starting to happen a little more than it should. But because Louisville, it was a fickle. I forget what it was even about. The fickle, but they misspelled official, and it was Louisville doing it. So now we've got Indiana doing it. So our, our neighbors all around us are having spelling errors. And you, being the son of a spelling bee champ, this is, you know, hey, get it together, hey. y'all. Right, and you can understand. I mean, look, mistakes happen, but it's just one of those things. When it's when it's your team that does it, oh, it's terrible. When it's your rival, oh, it's hilarious. It is. <laughs> and that was, you know, that was supposed to be a big game. Our Indiana, Indiana was, you know, they they jumped up last year, had a great season, beat Penn State, and that sent them into a whatever they were 0-5, 0-6 and ready to fire James Franklin at, but that all started losing to Indiana and then they come up to what they came to our city and got destroyed yeah it wasn't particularly uh, close uh, so this Saturday I don't know if you saw this tweet on my Facebook post uh, I'm walking around I got my Kentucky stuff on it's game day right I'm in, I'm in Des Moines I'm walking around Iowa and this guy, uh, I'm walking with Kate, and this guy's walking with uh, his his woman or whatever. And uh, he says, "Hey, Kentucky." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Man, I got a friend that lives in Cumberland. We've been Cumberland River or Lake or whatever fishing. Blah blah blah. Kentucky's beautiful." I said, "Oh yeah, you know, thank you, Buck." Back and forth, back and forth. He said, "Man, you know, you take care." He's like, "But I got to tell you something." I said, "What's that?" He said, "I'm from Tennessee." He said, "Go Vols." Oh. <laughs> and you know I posted that and some people are like oh that's like 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 it's a bad thing uh, and I'm like let me be clear it was done as, as a 
He's from Tennessee. I'm from Kentucky. We're in Iowa of all places. <laughs> yep. Like, come on. Like, this is, come on. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, uh, for, for, for me, it's, uh, man, this is pretty funny. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. to, to come all this way and uh, <laughs> come all this way to run into somebody from Tennessee. Exactly. What are the odds for sure? Speaking of Tennessee, I talked about it the other day on my uh, on the other podcast. You, I, you've had people recognize you from this podcast. You have re- people recognize you, and, and we're not on a, a huge level like you know a Tom Leach or uh, you know Anna Trullo, news anchors who you know out and about. People want to come talk sports with. You know that this happens to them a lot. You know. Um, and no matter what, they want to tell you their opinion. Oh, let me talk sports with this guy. I'm sure it's their job. They talk it every day, but here they are. I want to talk with them. I had a Tennessee fan come up to me, which they know we can do some podcasts and stuff like that. And he's talking about Tennessee. They beat Bowling Green the other day, and it was a struggle the first half. We got 14 to 6, and it didn't look that great. But they pulled away in the second half, and, and that's what he was optimistic about. And he says, yeah, yeah, they look good. They pulled away, and I think they're going to have a good year. I think Tennessee's going to go 9-6. and six. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, that, that is not possible. You, you, I mean, you can go 6-6. Six and six. You, you can go 9-3. and three. If you win the bowl game, you're, you know, 7-6, and 10-3. There's no way you can... There's barely even any scenarios where you play 15 games. You know, Alabama's done it. They go 12 and 0, 11 and 1, whatever. Win the SEC championship game. Go win two playoff games. They get to play 15 games. Sometimes they're 15 and 0, 14 and 1, whatever. But even in that scenario, there's no way you'll ever have a nine and six. So I'm thinking to myself, man, what are you? How are? What are you? And it was a Tennessee fan, and I'm just like, man, you know, I let him talk, but there's no way scenario in college. But in his mind, Tennessee's going nine and six this year, so I, I just let him talk. I just, I just, you know, I don't know when when someone's talking that far off, I I let them talk. Yeah, there's no skin off, you know, because what are you arguing for? Right. You know, uh, that's usually barbershop talk. Somebody will be looking for, you know, okay, I, you know, I'm not going to save capital. I'm not getting involved in this. Right. Right? Like, we try to have our facts together and look up our stuff and get our talking points. And, you know, they're coming bringing fire in their mind. And even though it's inaccurate, I just let people talk. So. Tennessee can go nine and six if if he wants to in a twelve game season, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, you know, what's 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 the harm in that? Yeah, but it was hilarious to me because I'm you know because he was he was passionate about it. So okay, man. All right. <laughs> well, man, sound like you got home safe, which is is wonderful. So uh, yeah, another yeah, good. Did the religiously Kentucky traveling. And this couple times traveling, you know, just just multitasking, dropping knowledge and traveling miles, man. Putting putting pavement behind you as you go. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful I'm able to do that. And, uh, so I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm saving sounds. I crisscross the, the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And, uh, you know, handling business and getting transactions and dotting eyes and crossing T's. Good stuff, good stuff. Is everything coming together? Cause it'll be October twenty third before you know it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's getting close, and we put put the finishing touches on a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, this this past weekend, so it, it's cruising right along, man. It's cruising right along. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, man, I think we done talked about a whole big old bunch of stuff, and you know, we had topics for days and hit them. I'm waiting for your. The Kentucky Wildcats play the Missouri Tigers. The Kentucky Wildcats will beat the Missouri Tigers tweet whenever that drops. So, and it'll be officially the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm 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 ready to take uh, to take Missouri down. I, I really am. Um, I'm trying to think. There was is there something else we talked about? U of L. Wanted to make sure I kind of laughed at them and where they are. Um, man, I'm trying to. I don't have any real soapbox stuff uh, other than being excited about going to or being uh, involved in this Cy-Hawk trophy as the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes take care of one another. Um, Let's see. Yeah. If I'm home, I try to watch some of that. That's always a decent game even though I was on a run, I would stay to try to try to have a little something for them this year for sure. So I'm, it's hilarious that you say that's still polite. So there's there's no Harvey Updikes running around poisoning one of those campuses or, or none of that stuff yet. No, but in a strictly Iowa thing, uh, that festival I was telling you about, the way you show your support for your team is you port your corn kernels in the Iowa jar or the Iowa State jar. Wow, okay. That's how they operate, so, yeah. <laughs> is, is the jar empty or is it like, like some... I, I just saw them talk about, I didn't actually see the jar, but but, oh. but I've been assured that that's how things get handled in, in Iowa is, you know, you, you vote with your corn. There you go. There you go, because that's, that's appropriate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, man, I'm glad you made it safe. And we put a bow on this episode of Cast Talk Wednesday. Get the episode out. Everybody enjoys listening to it. Um, watch my Cowboys start off on there. Eight, eight, and one, as you like to say, tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> and we'll see. Uh, which, uh, look, I'm not Mike McCarthy. I'm not really that enthused yet with what I've seen but maybe maybe we can turn around let's hope Dak is healthy and we'll go from there see if the defense looks better but uh hope y'all have a good rest of the week and we look forward to talking it up again next week see what happens after Kentucky and Missouri play and all the other games that happened and last week too which almost Florida State almost beat Notre Dame. Those were two I was upset, so I was hoping that would happen. 
That's probably most of America was hoping would happen, but didn't quite happen. And you know, maybe somebody else will knock off Ohio State. Does the people in Iowa hate Ohio? Uh, the thing is, have a pretty good record against Ohio State. The last time they played, uh, Iowa beat the brakes off of them. That's right. Sure so, so there's not a a hate because keep in mind, Kirk Ferentz, the coach at Iowa, is got the third most uh, Big Ten victories of anybody after Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes. It's Kirk Ferentz. Wow. So, the thing about Iowa is uh, they're generally the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten. So you take whatever you, however you want to break that down, they're the third or fourth best team. And so, you know, in the old days, you know, Michigan, Ohio State go to the Rose Bowl, Iowa goes to whatever that next tier down bowl is. That's generally what happens. So, I mean, they don't like Ohio State, but they've been competitive against Ohio State. So it's not it's not hatred, I yeah. would say. If you beat them, you don't hate them as bad. I understand. I understand. Right, right. You know, uh, so I, 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 I don't hate Tennessee like I used to because we kind of finally started beating them. Yeah, I mean they they beat Ohio State fifty five to twenty four. Like, woo! Yeah, they they, they 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 beat them pretty. They beat them pretty good. Now, mm-hmm. you know the, the the series history isn't. It's it's forty six fifteen in favor of Ohio State, but uh, I, I honestly I don't think that uh, it doesn't really register. Um, they like they want to beat Minnesota. Because that's mm. a pretty that's a pretty big one, as far as along the border. Um, but but Ohio State, you know, it, it, they want to beat them, obviously. But since oh, they yeah. went to divisions, they don't play them every year, so it's not quite the same. Right, right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Look at you going to BigHawkeyeHistory.net and pulling up that serious history real quick. Ah, uh, there you <laughs> go, man. Well, man, we enjoyed it. Everybody have a good week. Y'all be safe up there. And follow us on Cats Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. And check out this episode when it drops. Hope y'all enjoy it. And then we'll be back to do it again next week, man. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Thanks everybody for listening. Everybody, y'all take care. See y'all next week.